praise the Lord for today. Thank the Lord for all the rain that we're getting. Amen. It's so needful. All of us really, I know we all reached to the Lord for it. Those poor people in Tennessee that lost their lives and I'd heard on the news that one one couple was displaced. They came from Savannah all the way to Tennessee, firefighter, uh, to help fight the fires and then got caught up in the tornado that came through Oconee and lost their lives there. So the thing of it is, is we never know when you go to do a good thing to help somebody, it just pays, regardless of our good deeds, it pays to be right in here because, you know, uh, there was a hurricane that came through Savannah and there was fires in Tennessee, but yet the Lord decided to take them in Ocoee. <laughs> you know, so we never, we never know when it's our time to go. But the main thing is to be ready to go at all times, in all situations. And I thought about what Brother Metter was uh, preaching on last week. I took so many notes uh, in my little notebook on the count of it just went right along with what I'd studied that entire week. And it was just so... Uh, awesome whenever you get such confirmation, you know, and I love that scripture. I think it's in Corinthians where it says, you know, uh, one one uh, prophesies and the other one sings a song and the other one uh, preaches a word and the other one prays a prayer. And, and it's the whole body working together. That's what brings, you know, I heard him this morning as we was all praying. Uh, he prays a little louder than us sometimes. and But you could hear him crying out for unity. Right? And and that's what unity is. It's it's about us all uh maybe having different offices and working in different administrations, but all trying to achieve the same goal. You know, it's like a car. You know, uh the gasoline don't do the same function as the tires. Is that right? But it takes them both to get to that place you're going. Glory to God. Transmission fluid, it does a different job than the oil. But those liquids are needed, amen, to work together to get us to one that one place. And so, uh, you know, that unity is so important. And the kingdom can't come without it. It will not come in diversity. It will not come with one pulling here and one pulling there and this one doing that. We need to focus our focus. And we need to focus in prayer. We need to focus in song. We need to, and I love Paul and Silas. You know, when they got down there and, and they were beat for the gospel, they were put in prison for the gospel's sake, amen, what did they do? They were in there with criminals who deserved to be there. They didn't deserve to be there, but yet there they were. And how many times have we found ourselves in like situations? I didn't deserve what happened, but yet because of my family, I got there. You're thrown in the middle of it. Somebody know what, you're, what I'm talking about, you know? You're going alone trying to do the best you can, and then somebody in your family does something goofy, does something totally upside down. Now, here you are in the middle of a situation that you didn't create, but because you're a member of that family, now all of a sudden you're there. But you know what? I imagine all them other criminals, they were probably, oh, it's me. You know, or some of them might have been scheming on how can I get out. Or some of them might have been uh, uh, writing letters to their loved ones. Come and do this. Come and do this. Help me. You know, da, 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 da. But you know what Paul and Silas did? They were the only two that really knew the secret. So sometimes God will put us in places, come on now, where there's a lot of diversity to bring unity. Because ain't nobody going nowhere without unity. We're talking about that car. 
a while ago, got four wheels. If all four wheels went a different direction, you wouldn't go nowhere. And that's the way the church is here lately. We're not going anywhere because everybody's doing their own things. They're pulling in different ways. But God is wanting to put somebody. I need you to raise your hand. God is wanting to put somebody somewhere. And it's not going to be comfortable to be there. It's going to be aggravating. It was not comfortable for Paul and Silas when they were beat. It was not comfortable for Paul and Silas when they were thrown into the jail and shackled. Those shackles, they hurt. It was not com- But yet God put them there. Why? To bring unity. Because I want to tell you, in my mind's eye, I can see, like I said, one's over here scribbling on some tablet or on some rock or something, trying to figure out, okay, if this door opens at that time, da, 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 trying to figure out how to get out. Is that right? This one's over here, probably writing a letter to Mama. Mama, I need help. I need you to put money on my books. I'm hungry, Mama. You know, come on. And this one over here may be singing the blues. Oh, oh, it's me. <laughs> Carrie, I made her chop kraut for all y'all Salvani people <laughs> who did not know what chopping kraut was. But I, was, I made Carrie help me chop kraut one time. She didn't want to do it. She was just being rebellious. She did not want to do that. But yet me and Mama's in there, and that's hard work. Over and over and over and over and over and over. And so I say, Carrie, you're young. Get yourself in here and help us. And so after I had to threaten her a time or two, she come and sat down, and she thought she was going to be real cute about it. She started singing, Oh, Moses, let my people go. <laughs> singing the blues. <laughs> yeah. So I can see all of them doing something different but scheming and figuring and planning in their own abilities. But then all of a sudden, here comes a Paul and Silas. Same condition. They were in the same situation. They were thrust into that situation. Thrown into it. But you know what was different? They began to worship. They didn't begin to scheme. They didn't begin to plan. They didn't moan and groan. They didn't complain. They didn't gripe. Oh, God, somebody, that's ministering to me right there. They didn't gripe about what was going on. They began to worship. The Bible said they began to sing and they began to pray. And you know what I see, Brother Donald? I see the one that was scratching on stone. I hear him say, what in the world is that? What's going on? This one over here that was singing the blues, Moses, let my people. I see them stopping and saying, that's a different song. Because I'll tell you something about worship. When it comes from the heart, when it's real, it gets everybody else's attention too. Now see, that's the difference in entertainers. Brother John talks about the music. He's not against music. He's told me that a million times. He's against entertainment. Because entertainment don't get nobody's attention. And if it does, do you know whose attention, who the focus is on? The singer. Flesh. That beautiful voice that can hit those highs and those lows. But worship. Worship. My God. It gets the focus off of you and on God. And I'll tell you why I know that's true. Because it got God's attention. The Bible said at midnight, 
Something happened, amen. There was unity in the jailhouse. <laughs> all of a sudden, instead of this one doing that and that one doing this and this one doing this, all of a sudden everybody was listening. See, sometimes you may not can participate. You may not be in a shape to participate. Mm. You may not be in a, a spiritual shape to participate. Glory to God. But you can sit and listen. And you focus in and you begin to reach. Even if you're not saying a word. There's been plenty of times I didn't say a word. I sat there and tears running down my face and I was in agreement. There's been plenty of times Sister Kathy's prayed, amen. I mean powerful prayers. And all I did was me to God. Me to God. I can't reach like that, but me to God. I began to unify with her prayer, amen. Just because I can't preach like Brother John don't mean I can't unify with him. <laughs> Hey, is that right? I may not can run that PA like Brother Justin and Brother Philip, but you know what I can do? I can unify with them. I can agree with them. I can pray for them. Amen. The things I can't do, I'm so glad God puts people in our lives. Glory to God. And we begin to you. Don't be jealous. Amen. Jealousy's discord. Amen. Pray for them and strengthen them, knowing that they're helping you. See, I need y'all to be here. Amen. Brother Matter needs us to be here. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And now, at midnight, everybody kind of got quiet. And Paul and Silas' voice was ringing out. One was singing. The other one was praying. They probably took turns. Amen. And when this one got through singing, this one began to pray. And vice versa. Glory to God. And the Bible said, there is a shaking took place. A shaking took place. Now, this is what gets me. Amen. And the, the doors swung open wide. The shackles fell off of them. I'm talking about not just Paul and Silas. See, you're there not only to unify, not only to deliver, because that's what happened. Them folk got delivered. Amen. In more ways than one. Their chains fell off. Ain't that what it's all about, guys? Us reaching somebody that's bound. Us reaching somebody that's shackled. Us reaching somebody, not just continuously to edify ourselves and to congratulate each other about what a good song that was or what a good word that was, but amen, it's to grow. It's to learn so we can take those principles and go out and minister them to somebody that's bound. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And it ministered to those folk that was in that jail cell. Because when, that sh when them shackles fell off and those doors opened up, the Bible said the jailer come in and he looked and he's like, Oh my goodness, they're going to kill me. It was my appointed duty to watch over these folk, to make sure they stayed in these cells. And he said, There's, n there's no hope for me. They're gonna, them Romans, they're, they're going to kill me for this. And so you know what? He drew out his sword. He was going to take his own life. Now this is what I love. And Paul said, do yourself no harm. We all still here. Now I could understand Paul and Silas hanging around. They got nothing to fear, right? They had done nothing wrong to begin with. It was their song and prayer that shook the earth. I mean, I can see them saying, oh, and we do that a lot of times, don't we? Yes, we hang around just to get the pat on the back sometimes. <laughs> yeah, you know, y'all know I'm talking truth. But the prisoners, but the prisoners, they hung around too. <laughs> yeah, the most amazing thing was that they hung around. Man, that chain fell off. Their ankle and their wrist, that door opened up. Woo, guess what? I ain't waiting for a light. I ain't waiting for nobody to say, hit the road running. I'm gone. 
But no, they did not leave. You know why? Because they hung around. They wanted to know what was happening next. What's God going to do next? My old pagan God that I run around, alcohol, it didn't deliver me. Drugs, that old God I serve, that demon of drugs, it didn't deliver me. <laughs> Adultery, fornication, all those things that I, that I took part in, none of that delivered me. None of that broke my chains. None of that set me free. But there was something about that song and praise. There was something about that prayer at midnight. <laughs> Why are you where you're at? It's because God wants you to bring unity to a chaotic situation. Amen. Glory to God. And we don't need to get in that position and grumble and complain about it. We need to get there and praise God. Amen. We don't have to praise God about the situation. I don't think Paul and Silas were singing praises that they got through in jail. I think they were singing praises because they knew a God that could deliver. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. And I'm just going to sing and I'm going to shout and I'm going to pray because I know a God that can deliver. Hallelujah. In whatever situation God has put me in. Hallelujah. Of, may, may not have been anything I did to get there. It may have been something somebody else did. But they needed some help. Amen. You ever just needed some help sometime? Amen. I've been in a situation where I needed some help. I got myself in some really low places. I've got myself in some places, Brother Meadow was talking about, where I needed to pull. I got stuck. I bogged down. And I was spinning and wasn't going nowhere. And I began to cry out, help, 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 help. Amen. Y'all ever stood in more than one prayer line for the same illness? For the same trouble? You know why? Because you're crying out for help. This one can't, you go to this one and it don't, you go to that one, it don't, you go to this preacher. Amen. But you know who's got the answer? God. And you know what he wants us to do? He wants us to come together in unity. Them old prisoners, they were still there. They hadn't even run because they realized that there was power in what Paul and Silas was doing. They felt something, Sister Deborah. That somebody pushing on them and beating on them and chaining them up didn't make no difference. That, that push, that beat, that talk to, that scorn, that rod across the back, that, that word of correction, it didn't change them. I've seen people, do you know somebody that's been incarcerated for the same crime more than once? I do. I work with those kind of people. I work with those kind of people that's been in jail multiple times for the same crime. Whether it's theft, whether it's drugs, whether it's domestic violence, because somebody can't get along. Come on, I know people that's been in jail over one time, more than once, for the same offense. Don't you think everybody in the world's talked to them? Don't you think they've been to meetings? Don't you think they've tried the 12-step program? Don't you think they've tried drug court? Now they've been in prison. Prison don't rehabilitate nobody. You know, it does not. It makes you a criminal. Come on, because I know folk. <laughs> but there's something about that song. There's something about that prayer that Paul and Silas had that made a difference, my God. And the prisoner said, I'm willing to hang around for that right there. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm willing to hang around for that right there. It done something to me. I felt something move inside of me. I can tell you from experience. My testimony was whenever I came to know the Lord at 17 years old, I was at this little 
Pentecostal church. Well, it was a, it was, I guess it's Pentecostal. It wasn't Baptist because they spoke in tongues and they danced and they shouted. It was a home prayer meeting. It was in somebody's home. It wasn't even in church. It was this home prayer meetings. I started going to these little home cottage prayer meetings. And them women were insane. They did stuff that was insane to me. I was a little Baptist girl. We sat quietly and bored out of our minds most of the time. But we sat quietly and we reverenced God. These women, I'm telling you, uh, one of the reasons that I, I, I wanted to learn how to study was I would listen to this woman. And she could quote the scripture just as good as the preacher. She'd sit right there on a pew and the preacher would get up preaching. He had to quote the scripture. She'd quote right beside of him. And I'd think, golly, she could be a preacher. She wouldn't. She didn't claim to be. She just knew the word of God. Amen. And, and it wasn't so much the preaching that got my attention, Sister Kathy, as it was these people that knew the word of God as well as the preacher. That got my attention. And then them very same people that knew the word of God, when the spirit would start moving, I'd start feeling it. I'd be like, what is going on? It'd make me want to cry. I'd, I'd tremble. You know, it was the power of God, but I didn't understand it. Then women would get up and they would shout. And they would dance. And they would move. And they would do this. And their hair would be everywhere. And their arms would be. And I'd be like, oh my God, what's going on? This is insane. But I could feel something in it. Even though I didn't understand it, I felt something in it. I knew it was real. And it would draw me back next Friday night. And then it would draw me back the next Friday night. Now, I sit way off in the back because I, I didn't want them touching me, didn't want them getting a hold of me, didn't want them doing nothing to me. But I wanted to observe because there was something real about it. And I needed to figure it out. Amen. And I remember I went back. My friends kept pulling on me. Susie, you ain't riding with us anymore. You ain't running around with us on the weekends anymore. You need to leave that crazy bunch over there. Come back. You know what we are. You know where we go. So they talked me into it. I went back and got in the back seat of that car. They had the music cranked up really loud. The windows was down. And it was just a hooting and hollering. You know, that's what we did on the weekends. And, and, and I remember sitting in the back seat of that car with my face looking out this side window. The window wouldn't roll all the way down. Looking out this side window thinking, God, I am so uncomfortable. I am so uncomfortable. I can't stand this. The music's too loud. You know, the people are too loud. The things they're doing is aggravating me. It's just childish. Get off of me, you know? And, and I think, and in my mind, you know where my mind was? I wonder what them crazy little women at that wholeness church is doing. I wonder what scripture they're quoting, you know? And I'd lay in my bed at night, and I'd try to practice their tongues. You know, I'd try, I wanted to talk like them. I wanted to look like them. I, you know, even though I didn't want no part of them to begin with, it kept rubbing off on me. Because I could feel something in their unity. And they may not had then what we have been blessed with now as far as knowledge and understanding, but they were unified in what they knew. Because it worked, Brother Donald. You remember those days. It worked. Hallelujah. And people was saved, and people was healed, and people was delivered. And now we have the Internet. So there's no reason whatsoever that we can't understand the Word because you can get on any kind of an app and pull up something that will help you understand and learn this Word of God. And now that we have all this that's so readily available, we're more ununified than ever. And really nothing's getting accomplished. But you know what? Back then, they had to trust in God. They didn't have internet. They didn't have apps. They didn't have all these things that were so readily available. <laughs> they had to trust God. 
and it made a difference. Sometimes we get so educated that we forget the simplicity of the gospel, which is unity. Unity. I wanted to, uh, and Brother Matter was talking last week, first thing he went to was James 5.16, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. As the very first scripture, he popped out. And I was like, oh my goodness, that is exactly what I've been studying. Effectual. That means having some effect. What did he say? He said, I'm getting tired of my prayers not getting answered. If it's an effectual prayer, it has some effect. You see something working in it. Amen. The church needs to get behind someone and help pray for that one purpose. Glory to God. We need to be effectual in our praying. Not not haphazard, just throwing seed out like this right here. Let me tell you something. Most every one of us has planted a garden or planted a flower bed or planted something before. Amen. I'll tell you, we never took our seed and just went out and threw it in the garden. Just threw it in the garden. No, we had rows. We had rows. And we had two sacks, one here and one here. And you reached your hand in here and you pulled out okra seed and you did just like this. If you got a handful of okra seed, handful, and you do it like this, it falls in a straight line right in front of you. Handful of okra seed, right in that line. Handful of fertilizer, right there. And then you take your feet, you cover it up. Handful of, thank you, handful of okra seed, handful of fertilizer, and then you take your feet and you cover it up. That's how you plant okra. Amen. Never did we ever go out. Mama would have killed us if I'd have went out there and just got that okra and started throwing it everywhere. But that's the way we pray. Come on, somebody wave at me. And smile. Because sometimes that's the way we pray. Just, just, I mean, just blowing it out everywhere. No absolute direction. Glory to God. We've got to hone it in glory to God. Focus. I like that word. See, he used that word last week, focus. Sister Lisa used that word, focus. So now I want you to go with me to Ephesians 5, and we just want to read Ephesians 5, and, and Brother Matter will probably come on here in just a second. But in Ephesians 5, where, yeah, maybe. <laughs> Sometimes it don't work like that, does it? But Ephesians chapter 5, if we go to verse 8. Ephesians 5, verse 8, says, For ye, that's me, somebody say, that's me. For me, sometimes, (laughs) for ye were sometimes darkness. That word darkness means no understanding. That's just like me when I started going to them little home prayer meetings. That's just like them, those prisoners when they were in that jail. They would without understanding. If they had understanding, they would not have been there. Unless it was God's will for them, like Paul and Silas, I guess. But when I went to that little church, I was without understanding. You don't have to know the whole Bible and all of its mysteries and every revelation. It's okay to start out just simple. Come on. We need to be honest. We need to be unified. I've come to learn today. I've not come to enlighten everybody with my understanding of mysteries and revelation. I've come to learn something. It's okay to say that. It's okay to be that if you don't understand. Amen. So we were sometimes darkness. There's still things today I don't understand. 
There's still people today, I go to their churches, and I see them do wonderful things, and they'll look at me and they'll say, Sister Susie, come up here. And I'm like, sorry, that didn't come in my bag of tricks. <laughs> when God called me, He didn't give me that. Now, I may grow into it one day, or He may supernaturally anoint me with that gift one day, but right now I don't have it. So many people has begged me to go to the mission field with them, and I appreciate everybody who has invited me. But that's not my call, and I know that. I have a fear for that, and I don't want to abuse the church's money or any money that I may have going on something that I'm not qualified or equipped to be in. It's not just about me on a resume saying, hey, I've been here and here and here and here. It's about me reaching a soul. And if God says you can reach a soul in L.A.J., but you can't in Honduras, guess where I need to be? That's right. So we're sometimes in darkness. That means without understanding of a particular thing. We just don't understand it. I need my glasses. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now ye are light in the Lord. Now you are light. That means now you have an understanding. To begin with, I didn't understand them little women and the way they acted and the way they behaved and the way they carried on. I didn't understand it at all. But I didn't throw stones at them. I didn't mock them. Certainly didn't mock them. <laughs> but I sat in the back and I watched and I listened and I learned understanding. See, sometimes you've got to learn how to understand. Is that right? You've got to learn how to understand. Can I be honest with you? When I first met John Metter, I didn't understand him. I didn't, but there was something. Not, not necessarily about the miracles, because I'd seen miracles all my life. Amen. But there was something about that word, the kingdom. I didn't understand it, but it connected with something inside of me that I had felt ever since I was a child. Didn't know what it was, had never heard the word. All I knew was heaven up there. Didn't know heaven right here. <laughs> Yeah, but, the, but I hung with it, Aunt Pat. And it was hard. And a lot of people that I took wouldn't go back. It wasn't for them, I guess. But me, I kept crawling back. Sometimes skin up. But I would crawl back. Because there was something I wanted to learn. And I said, if it kills me, I'm going to find this out. Because I could tell it was connecting with me. <laughs> Just like them little prisoners there. Amen. Whenever Paul and Silas began to pray, when they began to sing, they quit what they were doing and they started listening. They were in darkness, but suddenly a light sprang into the jail. Amen. Glory to God. It was the gospel. They didn't understand it, but when them chains fell off, Amen. And the prison doors opened up. They hung around for some more. <laughs> Amen. That's what I'm wanting to do. I'm wanting to hang around for some more. Amen. It's got to get better. It can't get no worse. Somebody raise your hands and wave and say at this point, it can't get no worse. So I think I'll just hang around and see what's coming next. Amen. They hung around a little longer, glory to God. And the Bible said, but now... Ye are light. In other words, you understand in the Lord. I still don't understand politics. <laughs> I still don't understand a lot of things in this world. I went to basketball games for the last 15 years. But I still don't understand some of the plays. 
I still have to look over sometimes at the calls and ask Bobby. I say, was he walking? <laughs> Did he double dribble? What, what, what was the play? I still don't understand that. But I want to tell you one thing I'm understanding the day by day. More and more uh, glory to God is the Word of God. I have gotten a light that sprung up inside of me. Amen. I was once in darkness, but now I have found the light in the Lord. Glory to God. So he said, walk as children of the light. What does that word walk mean? Lifestyle. Live. Brother Matter and all y'all say, walk it out. <laughs> walk in the light of the understanding. He's saying when you get into a situation and you don't necessarily understand what's going on, live like the light anyways. Amen. When you get thrown into a situation or a prison and you don't understand because I've told that kid and I've told that kid and I've told that kid not to do that, not to go there, not to act like that and now here they are in trouble and who they calling? They calling mama and daddy. Now I'm in the midst of a court case. I'm in the midst of some situation. Amen. And I've told them and told But you know what? We just need to walk like the light. Amen. Amen. Instead of grumbling and griping about why am I there, you need to thank God that you are there for them. Amen? Thank God that you are there for them. Thank God that you've went through the troubles and trials that approved you so that you could stand up in this situation and be light for them. Amen? Sometimes we take for granted that everybody around us knows. <laughs> No, no, no. Sometimes they don't. We need to be the light for them. Yeah. Jesus was the light of the world. He said, I go away. And now ye are the light of the world. But we got to do it in unity and we got to do it in understanding. Because I can't unify with you if I don't fully understand what's going on with you. Is that right? <laughs> Walk as children of the light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. This proclaims the end result of the fruit. That one scripture, it's saying you may act like, you may look and say you're an apple tree. You may have apple leaves, but I can't be for sure until I see some fruit. Amen? So that little seed, it goes in the ground and it fights and it fights and it fights its way through the rocks. It fights its way through the mud and clods, clots of dirt, clods, amen, until it comes up. When it's just a sprout, you're still really not sure. I mean, a tree's a tree's a tree's a tree. You don't really know. And then it gets big enough, it puts on some leaves and you say, well, now that looks like an apple tree. Well, is it a red apple or a yellow apple? Well, I'm not sure. I didn't plant it. God planted it. <laughs> it's just growing now in my yard. It's just growing in my vineyard. <laughs> so you know how you find out what kind of apple it is, what kind of apple tree it is? Puts on the fruit. I can tell you I'm a Christian all day long, have Jesus bumper stickers, carry a Bible, but until I see you in a situation, I don't know what kind of Christian you are. <laughs> are you one of them laxy-daisy, just go to church when you have to, just pray when you have to? I got saved 17 years ago, but I've never darkened the door, but yet I claim to be Christian. Are you that kind of an apple? <laughs> or are you that kind of apple that looks like you're an apple? Oh, you, you've got the appearance of an apple tree. Oh, yes. You wouldn't dare. I mean, you all time. But then whenever it gets all tight and nothing ain't right, what does your behavior prove you to be? <sighs> See, when we get to the end of a situation, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. 
proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. That word proving means demonstrating. Paul and Silas demonstrated something different than every other prisoner there. What was it? They got their praise on. Amen. They was doing something different. They were demonstrating the light. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Oh, and now here's where it gets good. Because we have misinterpreted this scripture for years and years. Having no fellowship. Let's see, I wrote down something. Separation, but not isolation. And if you take notes, you need to take a note right there. Because ain't nothing aggravates me worse than seeing a bunch of snooty Christians that won't help somebody just because they smell like alcohol. Or just because they possessed with a demon. Amen. Come on now. Some of our kinfolks is alcoholics. Some of our kinfolks that we love is drug addicts. Some of our kinfolks is bound with sickness and disease and all kinds of things. My God. But what did God do? God put Paul and Silas down there with them. Amen. God didn't run from them prisoners. He put somebody there to be a light to them. Woo! Amen. I had somebody come up to me and approach me with a homosexual spirit and say, are you not afraid of me? I said, no, because I'm not a homosexual. I don't battle that demon. I'm not afraid of you. (laughs) So God can put me in situations to be a light, amen, because I'm not tempted by your sin. Somebody, come on now, somebody may not be in that position. Somebody may be battling. That's where the diversities in people That's why God put Paul and Silas there and maybe not another or two. Oh, I don't like that. It's truth anyways. It's truth anyways. (laughs) I'm an alcoholic. Are you not afraid of me? Are you not tempted to drink? Nope. That don't bother me. Now, I have problems. Don't get me wrong. I'm just telling you where God can put me and what field He's put me to work in. Amen. He don't put me with a bunch of hotheads. Because I might not pass that test. <laughs> See, you want me to tell on myself? I'm just telling you. There's balance in this thing. There's balance in it. I'm not, I'm not saying Susie's way up here and can minister to everybody. I'm saying God's give me gifts, amen. And He's give you gifts. And if we work together, there's unity in the body. And we can start winning people and bring them into this church so that they can be delivered and set free. <laughs> and the devil cast out, amen. Hallelujah. And they will hang around, Sister Lisa. See, I get aggravated with these in and out, in and out, in and out. Uh, yeah. Come on now, I'm just saying. And I'm not talking about Christians. I'm talking about these people that need help. There's a bunch of Christians that need help. They are. But I'm talking about winning somebody to, the, to God and to the kingdom. My God. We need laborers in this field that we're having right here in LJ. Proving, demonstrating what is acceptable unto the Lord and have no fellowship. That means you do not compromise your belief and your faith to win somebody. Paul said, I become all things that I might win a soul, but I guarantee you he did not become a drunkard to win a drunk. And he did not take drugs to win a drug addict. Amen. You don't have to participate in their sin to win them. Paul and Silas didn't grab a parchment and start writing to mama for for some money on their books. Paul and Silas didn't grab uh, uh, the, the the, the ukulele or whatever and start singing go down Moses Paul and Silas began to do what they knew to do right amongst a bunch of prisoners amen they began to sing and pray to the God who could set them free to the God who could rock their jail 
Come on. To the God that could shake things up. Glory to God. You need something shook up in your life. Amen. Let's get right with God and do what He has called us to do. Be a light in a dark place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. <sighs> Fellowship. Don't go along with it. Don't laugh at their jokes. Don't be a part of it. Don't drink their drinks. But be, amen, a light in a dark place. That don't mean you go in holier than thou. That's just like the, the Jews, uh, the, uh, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Do you notice how God didn't send a Pharisee down to that jail cell? Do you notice how God didn't send a Sadducee down to the jail cell? You know why? Because I could see him saying, mm, Yeah, it's your fault. I've never partook in anything like that. I've never done anything like that. Y'all deserve what you get. I've been spotless all my life. You reap what you sow. I like that. Help me preach, Sister Lisa. <laughs> but God sent Paul, a murderer. Oh, yeah. He was a murderer. He deserved to be there probably as much as the rest of them did. He just murdered in the name of the Lord in darkness without understanding where these people probably murdered straight out. Come on. So see, he didn't go down there better than thou. He went down there. You know what I find interesting? He didn't even witness to them. It's not even recorded that he said one word to any of those prisoners. No, he just began to be a light. <laughs> he just began to pray. He just began to sing to God. Yep. And having no fellowship with unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. That word reproved means expose. He exposed them. Can I tell you something? Whenever I had backslid and I was just stinking and dirty with filth and sin, I slipped into a little church one time and they began to sing and they began to play their music and it was upbeat and it was okay and I could sit through that. They were singing about God, but there was no conviction in it. So I could sit through that. But then whenever the preacher got up to preach, there was something about that word that he was preaching. It was preached in unity. It was preached from a place where he had walked. And you know what? He didn't have to call my name out. He didn't have to lay hands on me. Amen. The word. Just him being a light began to expose me. <laughs> it didn't expose me to my neighbor. It didn't expose me to any of the members. It exposed me to me. Come on, somebody, and wave your hand if you know what I'm talking about. When the preaching gets right, amen, when it gets ripe inside of you, glory to God, and it begins to work on you, and it begins to minister to you, that's exactly what Paul and Silas did. They did what was right in their understanding, and it began to expose the jailers they already knew that they were uh, mean and downright they already knew that they had committed sins they already knew that they were felons or what have you and they were sitting in jail cells for crimes that they had committed amen but they were in darkness they had never heard uh, they had heard all their lives don't steal don't cheat don't kill don't, don't do this don't do that don't rob amen but they had never heard the gospel and when they began to hear the gospel, a light sprang into that jail. Amen. And those jailers was exposed. I'm going to go straight to the last scripture because pastor's come out and he's ready to go. 
Let's go over to uh, uh, Ephesians 17. And I guess verse uh, 17. We'll start with 17 and 18, Pastor, and then I'll let you go. Ephesians 5, verse 17. We're in the same, same chapter. Just go over to verse 17. Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding. That's what this whole thing has been about this morning. Don't walk around in darkness, but walk around in light, in understanding and unity, what the will of the Lord is. And that's what pastor's been trying to teach us, what the will of God is for us here at LJ. <clears throat> now this is it. Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. What he's saying is he's not necessarily even talking about alcohol right there. He's talking about being drunk with the cares of this world. Being drunk. Can I tell you, we can be drunk on church stuff. We can be ex exceedingly too, so worried about whether the grass get mowed, whether the grass gets mowed. And I'm just using this for an example. Please allow me to use you and Philip because I looked outside and saw grass. You can be so worried about making Philip do what's right. So worried about making Philip do what's right. Make sure the grass is mowed. Make sure the grass is mowed. That it becomes an absolute burden to you to make sure somebody else is doing something right. And you think you're doing right because you're helping him to do right and it's a chain of things. But you know what? You are excessively drunk on that grass. That's just an example. Come on, that's right. Excessively drunk. But if we focus on what God is telling us to focus on, amen, unity and prayer. And I, I t told Brother Mayor this last week. Diffused light has little power to impact. That's a candle. Strike a match. That's light. Does everybody agree with me? A, a, a match is light. But it's so diffused, so spread out, so thin, that it has little impact. Except to light whatever you're trying to light. Maybe you're trying to light a candle. Because that's a little more of, uh, of co a concentration. So you blow this out, and now here's a candle. But a candle, they used to put candles on their shoes where they could see where they were stepping one step at a time. Come on, y'all know, know what I'm talking about? They used to put candles on their shoes. That's the reason. What is that scripture, Brother Matter, where it says, uh, You're a light unto my path and, and a lamp unto my feet. That's because they put candles on their feet where they could see one step at a time where they were going. One step at a time where they were going. All they could see was one step. That was, but it was a little more concentrated than that diffused match, right? But if you go a little deeper, but if you concentrate that energy by focusing it with a magnifying glass, take the sunshine for instance. Have y'all ever seen this in school? You get a magnifying glass and you catch the sun just right and it will shoot a, not a diffused, but a focused beam of just sunlight. That very thing you were just standing in and it made you so happy. Amen. Now all of a sudden you put a magnifying glass and it will burn you. It will burn your skin, it will burn your clothes, it will burn paper, it will burn grass on the ground. It's just focused light is all it is. If you go a little bit further, the rays can be single. Singleness. The Bible talks about singleness of sight. Amen. The rays can be single and it can... Uh, it can I took my glasses off. And it can set, not only can it set grass on fire, but it can actually become a laser and cut through steel. All just light. Going from a match to a candle to a magnifying glass to a laser. What do we want to be in God this morning? What are we wanting to focus on in prayer? Are we wanting to set some people free? 
Amen. Or are we happy with just that candle? Because, Brother Matter, right now, all the church is doing is we got candles on our feet. And we're taking one step at a time, seeing where we're going. Amen. But God's got a bigger plan in mind. Come on, somebody, wave and say, God's got a bigger plan in mind. Hallelujah. Brother Matter, you come on. Thank you for having let me have this time. Hallelujah. You glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Tell you, I'm excited about what God's doing. Because there's something moving. Y'all hear me? There's something moving. But we got to move with what God's doing. We need to find the mind and will of God for this church. God told us to go to prayer. And He would do an act of God in this community. So, if that's the way the Lord speaks, it's up to you. Whether you're going to gather in prayer or not. It's up to you where the Spirit is going to take hold of you to fight. But I'm going to tell you something. God has given this nation a chance. You got me echoing or something, son. God has given this nation a chance. But you know what people are doing right now? Instead of praying and moving on. Because they prayed to get a breakthrough. They prayed for God to stand up in this nation. And He did. But now what are people doing? Sitting back. And wondering what's going to happen. We don't need to be sitting back wondering what's going to happen. We need to take hold of the horns of the altar. Because I'm going to tell you something. There's a spirit trying to destroy this nation. You know what all these people are afraid of? These people don't want to serve God, don't want to live for God, want their perversion and their evil. You know what they're afraid of? That the government that's, in, that's fixing to go in is going to start restoring values and tearing down the laws of perversion and evil has been passed in the last generation. We've got a generation of people that's backed away from perversion and evil. And now there's something moving that they see something fixing to stand up. And they don't like it. And they're mad. They're fighting mad. And God's people better get a boldness about them and start fighting. They better start standing for what's truth. And I don't get into a lot, but uh, man, I saw that where that reporter come out against them. Them people's got that TV show because they go to a church that don't condone homosexual marriage. Whose business is it? But see, that's an attack on Christianity and it's a distraction. Y'all listening to me? It's an attack on Christianity. Them people run a contracting business. What business of the yours is what their religious beliefs are? It's an attack on righteousness. It ain't just the church. It's an attack on true Christianity. And if we don't get some backbone, we don't get some boldness, we don't get some fight, we can still lose this nation. And I'm going to tell you something. I pray every day for this man, for God to protect him. Because he can start something. You just look at how he's already energized this nation. I thought, God, one man can energize this country. Like, well, what can we do spiritually? 
if we'll get our hand to the plow. If we'll get our hand to the plow and quit being wishy-washy and get rid of this spineless spirit that's got a hold of the church. I can't, I can't stand wishy-washy and I can't stand people don't have backbone. Can't stand it. Get you some backbone. You don't have to go out and make a fool of yourself, but stand. Because I'm going to tell you something. The people that want to live ungodly, they're going to stand for what they want. And all God's people have done is back down, back down, back down, and look, look at the generation we bred. You know why people are accepting homosexuality now? Because it's been taught to them in schools for 20 years. They're going after the minds of our young people. They're changing history. They're changing everything to bring forth this perverted and polluted socialism. They're, they're trying to, it's the mindset of this nation that what we're having to fight against. We better go to prayer and ask God to raise up a standard. We better go to prayer and ask God to raise up a standard. Because we are coming in and God's bringing in the last generation. I'm fixing to show it to you in the Word today. Man, I, I got up uh, early this morning, go to the restroom about 2, 2.30, and I went and laid back down when my head hit the pillow. The Word of the Lord spoke to me. Had to get up at 5 and was up to 2.30 to 4. <laughs> I said, Lord, I don't guess you really care how uncomfortable you make me and how tired my body gets. He didn't say nothing, so I guess he don't. <laughs> Lord really don't care. He don't care how tired you get. He don't have, care how uncomfortable you are. All he cares, you find his will. I'm fighting for the will of God for LJ Church. I'm fighting, Sister Pat, for what God wants to do right here. And while I was up studying this morning, God reminded me, your mama started this church to bring this kingdom forward. God started this church to have it here right now so that he could establish this kingdom and bring it forward in L.J. God had a purpose in L.J. from the foundation of the world. For we knew what L.J. was. But I'm going to share a dream with y'all. I'm not going to share all the details because I still ain't figured out what God's trying to show me completely. But I was in this huge room it's just like a big open room. Probably 50, 60 foot long, probably 30, 40 foot wide. And there was just row after row of tables. And I guess people were eating. That's what it looked like. And I don't even know what I was doing there. But evidently I was, I don't think I was preaching, but I was exhorting. And all of a sudden, a young man stood up, and he wasn't very far from me. And he screamed. He said, shut up. He said, I've heard enough. Shut up. Or he said, I'm fixing to hurt you. I just walked over to him, looked right at him, said, you don't like what I'm saying? There's the door. Get out. And he raised his hands like he was going to grab me. And when he did, I raised my hand, and I'm pretty sure I put my hand on him. Just laid hands on him. If I didn't, I got my hand right there ready to lay hands on him. And there was an explosion. 
I'm telling you, there was an explosion of the Holy Ghost. And for about a split second, I couldn't see nothing. And there was a haze and a smoke hit that room. And that Holy Ghost exploded. And I, when I come to myself and looked, everybody for 20 feet around me was flat on the ground. Flat on the ground, the Spirit of God had hit and exploded and put them on the ground. That young man included I'm telling y'all, there is an anointing and a power that we have never experienced. God keeps telling us there is no precedent for this anointing. Nobody's ever walked in it. Do y'all hear me? Nobody has ever been anointed under this spirit, this new anointing that's fixing to step on the scene. We don't know what it'll do. And we better be careful. We better be careful. God told us told me over uh, two or three years ago, I think I was still in Alabama, he said, your words are fixing to become weighty and powerful. Fixing to become weighty and powerful. You better be careful what you say. We're walking into something we ain't never walked in before. Are y'all with me? Is anybody with me? You can say what you want to, but right here in prayer last Monday night, the Spirit of the Lord got on me, and I ain't never felt a fire burn in me. Man, that thing got on me, and I was wearing a sweatshirt, and I was right there. I told Brother Donald, I said, you better be careful you get on that pillow because I got on his pillow and prayed. And the Spirit of God got on me, and I burned so I thought I was going to have to take that sweatshirt off. There was such a heat come on me. And I started speaking for God to deal with rebellion, God to deal with disobedience, God to deal with whatever's fighting his kingdoms, whatever's hindering this word in this area. I said, God, I don't care. It's time to deal with it. It's time to bring people into a unity. It's time. And man, I started seeing faces of people come up before me that God's fixing to deal with. People that have fought against the kingdom, fought against the word, so discord against this church. And while we was praying, y'all remember how the wind blew last Monday night? Right here. Spirit of the Lord, come on me. I said, now God, i got to spend the night up there in that camper. I ain't interested in rocking and rolling and shaking all night. I said, now. And she, she can't. It'll make her sick. I said, now. I said, you call these winds? You sent them somewhere else. Went straight to Gatlinburg. And them winds fanned them flames up there. But the wind stopped here Monday night. Didn't it? The time I got through praying, they just laid just like that. Just, but just on serious cat who here, they just, just just like that. They just laid. Didn't hear them again all night. And they was they was saying thirty five, forty mile an hour winds all night long to four five o'clock in the morning, fifty, sixty mile an hour gust. They just laid. And brother Michael called me. I think Thursday or Friday. I can't remember which. And he said, man, we had a great prayer meeting in Fort Payne Wednesday night. I said, really? And he started telling me, he said, man, the Spirit of God got on me, and I started burning. He said, I started burning like fire. I said, really? And he said, and I started seeing people come up before me that the hand of God's fixing to deal with me, judgment's fixing to fall on them because of their mouth and because of them fighting the church and fighting the Word. I said, really? <laughs> I just let him talk. When he got through, I said, we had the same thing happening in L.J. Monday night. See, when it comes time for God to move, I don't care who you are. don't care what your name is. I don't care how great God's used you. 
I don't care if you're a sinner. I don't care what you are. You start messing with God's kingdom. You start messing with God's word. When it's time for God to move, God's going to move you out of the way. God has never allowed his work to be hindered. You hear me? It might cost us some discomfort. It might cost us some upsetness. And we may go through some sufferings. But God's kingdom ain't going to be hindered. And the Lord gave me a scripture, and I ain't got into it yet, but I'm fixing to get into it. And it's over in Luke, where he said, watch and pray. I believe it's 21 and 34, 35, something like that. Watch and pray. Therefore, always, that you may be accounted worthy. You know what the next part of it is? To escape. These things that are coming on the earth and to stand before the Son of Man. There's a chosen people fixing to enter into a place. These things ain't going to touch them. I ain't telling you you ain't going through tribulation. I ain't telling you you ain't going through persecution. I ain't telling y'all hell ain't going to break loose around us. But let me tell you something. He put Daniel in the lion's den, but it never touched him. He put the three Hebrew children in the fiery furnace. You hear me? There's a There's a place in God. I'm telling you, there's a place in God. Everybody ain't gonna get there. Somebody fixing to get there. Somebody fixing. Are we gonna suffer? Oh yeah, we gonna suffer to a point. But then there comes a time when that sonship, when that power, that resurrected Christ sits down in us. Nothing gonna touch you. I'm telling you, about I'm telling you by the Spirit of God, we are gonna reach that place. Ain't nothing gonna touch us. He said, you may be accounted worthy to escape the things that are coming on the earth and to stand before the Son of Man. Hallelujah. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? Let me tell you something. There's times they went to put their hands on Jesus. They couldn't lay hold on him. You know why? It wasn't his time. Till God gets through with you, there's going to be things you're going to get caught in. My God, uh, Noah went through the whole flood. Never touched him. Never destruction all around him. Destruction all around Daniel. Them lions could have swallowed him up. What happened? God kept him. And God said, uh, he said, I will make a way of escape uh, in every temptation that you may be able to bear it. He said, because what's coming on you is what's common to man. Are y'all hearing me? Uh, but there's people fixing to walk in the Spirit. Uh, I'm telling you, I, I found in Revelation 12, uh, and I can't give you the verse, uh, but after that, that man child was born uh, in Revelation 12, and the dragon tried to swallow him up, uh, the Word of God spoke uh, about them that dwell in the heavenlies. Uh, and it said uh, to them that dwell in the heavens or in the heavenlies, uh, and woe be unto the inhabitants of the earth. Because uh, well, somewhere we fixing to walk in the Spirit. Uh, we fixing to walk in the Spirit. Uh, don't y'all look at me like I'm crazy. Uh, we fixing to walk in the Spirit. Uh, he said if you live in the Spirit, uh, let it be also that you walk in the Spirit. Uh, hallelujah. How many things do you think? God kept them apostles from. Oh yeah, they went through suffering. Reading Paul went through suffering, he did. He was reaping what he sowed. Y'all hear me? Paul's thorn in the flesh wasn't a physical infirmity. Paul's thorn in the flesh, he couldn't forgive himself for persecuting the church. He couldn't forgive himself for all the people he put to death and put in prison, the families he broke up. 
Are you hearing me? That was Paul's thorn in the flesh. I ain't saying he, he might have had a physical infirmity. But what he couldn't forgive himself for was how he persecuted the church before he come to the light. We feel we fix him to come to a light. Hallelujah. And this glorious gospel of Christ, it's going to shine. And I know everybody's going to roll. oh, Brother Meadows preaching church is going to get called out. I didn't say nothing about church getting called out. <laughs> well, you got power over circumstance and situations. Are y'all hearing me? There's things that ain't going to touch you. They ain't going to touch you. God's fixing to have a Psalm 91, people. He's fixing to have a Psalm 91, people. Do y'all remember, and I told y'all about that visitation I had in 1997, about that uh, woman standing on that high cliff and them three little kids running around? Yeah. And that mama said to that little boy, about seven, eight years old, son, don't get too close to the edge. I don't want you to fall. Mama, don't worry about me. I'll be all right. By that time, he hit the edge of that cliff and that ground broke and he just went, Phew. started going straight down. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of feet just falling through the air. And that mama screaming. The angel of the Lord come grabbed him. Took him back up, set him down at his mama's feet. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, I will give my angels charge over thee. Lest at any time thou would dash that foot against the stone, he'll bear thee up. When he set that child down, I was, it was a dream. And the, the Lord in that dream, I saw that. And I broke myself out of that dream and sat straight up in bed and screamed at God. I said, where is this people? He said, they're not yet, but I'm going to create them. I'm going to bring them. That was 97. Hallelujah. That was nearly 20 years ago. Are y'all hearing me? 97. 207, no, almost 30 years ago. Is that right or is it 20? 20? Okay. So nearly 20 years ago. So God's had a chance. To bring forth and start bringing forth another generation. Hallelujah. Are y'all with me today? Man, I feel something turning over in my spirit. I'm so excited about what God's doing because there's a place in God we fix to possess. You hear me? You go back and read Psalms 91. He said he'll keep you from the, the terror. He'll keep you from the arrow. The fire flies by day. He'll keep you from the terror by night or something like that. The pestilence. I, he said, and then he went on down and said, I, he said, only with thy eyes shall thou see the reward of the wicked. Is that not about, let me, let me go over to it. Hallelujah. My Lord, I didn't know the Lord was going to take me into this. Man, I feel the working of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And who's he going to do this for? Them that make the Lord their habitation. Didn't they hide theirself in the shadow of the Almighty? Are y'all with me? Mm -mm -mm -mm. Psalm 91. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, and in Him will I trust. If He's your fortress, what do you think is going to penetrate that fortress? Y'all think something going to penetrate that fortress if, a fortress if God's your fortress? Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings shall thy trust. His truth shall be thy shield and thy buckler. Man, y'all going to be just like them little biddies. 
That hand clicks too. When there's something fixing to swoop down and get them, they run up on them wings. She just hunkers down, cover them with them wings. Can't nothing get to them. Are y'all hearing me? He said, I'm going to cover you. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to overshadow you. I ain't talking about, I, I'm talking about when the world's going to hell in a handbasket, when everything's going wrong, when we're in the middle of war and persecution and upsetness, there is going to be a people come into divine protection because they made the Lord their habitation and they abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Are you hearing me? Are you listening to what God's saying? Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Are y'all hearing me? Is this going to happen to everybody? No, but there's a chosen. There's a chosen. Did you know the word chosen and elect means the same thing? Come on now. The word chosen and elect means the same thing. Many are called, but only a few are God's elect. Only a few are God's elect. Many are called, but only a few are chosen. Look it up. The word chosen and elect comes out of the same word. Comes out of the same word in the original Greek. Only with thy eyes shall thou behold and see the reward of the wicked, because thou hast made the Lord which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy have a that means he's your dwelling place. That means he's your dwelling place. Amen. That means he's your dwelling place. What does John 15 and, and 7 say? If you abide in me or you dwell in me and my words dwell or abide in you, you shall what? Ask what you will and it shall what? Hallelujah. My God, I'm fixing to move. <laughs> I said I'm fixing to move. I'm finding me a new dwelling place. I'm tired of dwelling in this vexation and aggravation and upsetness. I'm tired of having my spirit vexed and upset. I'm fixing to move into a new dwelling place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They used to sing a song way back there, Sister Pat. And you might have you heard it. I only heard it a couple of times. But, but uh, they used to sing it and said, I'm glad I moved from uh, Crooked Street to Glory Avenue. <laughs> Hallelujah. Y'all hear me? I'm glad I moved from Crooked Street. Do you know when Paul got knocked off the donkey and went over there to that house? He was on a, on a street called Crooked. I mean, uh, uh, called Straight. But he got off Crooked Avenue and moved to a street called Straight. And that's where he found the glory of God. It's time to get off of Crooked Avenue and find you a place on a street called Straight. Hallelujah. Because I has made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high thy habitation, there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. We still have to battle sickness. We still got to battle disease. We still got to battle infirmities. You know why? My spirit man's been redeemed. My physical man hadn't. But he fixed and be redeemed. He fixed and be redeemed. He fixed and be redeemed. I ain't talking about when you go off yonder. I'm talking about when this adoption of sons come in. Bible talks about Romans 8. About the adoption to wit is the redemption of the body. 
when you get adopted into this, when you get adopted into this sonship, and you put on the resurrected power of Christ, oh my God, I'm about ready to shout. Hallelujah. Does anybody know what I'm saying? Does anybody know what I'm saying? We are going to put on the power of this resurrected Christ. Paul saw it. He said, I want to know him in the fellowship of his suffering and the power of his resurrection. Being made conformable unto his death. You don't know what Jesus suffered. You don't know what he went through in his physical body. You don't know what he went through in his spirit. You don't know what he went through mentally. But when this Holy Ghost that is the power of this resurrected Christ comes in, you're going to know what he suffered. You're going to know what he went through. You're going to know the fights. You're going to know the warfare. Why? You're going to be made conformable unto his death that if by any means you might attain under the power of this resurrection. We got something to fight for. We got something to shout about. Because I feel a power. Hallelujah. Of the resurrected Christ. I feel a power of the authority. And the dominion of God. That we are going to get in prayer together as a body. And we're going to pull down these strongholds. We're going to cast down these imaginations. I am not going to keep fighting. For Christians. It's got to be encouraged every day. My God. What's happened to God's ministers. They got to get up in the pulpit. And go push him back. Push him back, way back. You got to fight against the devil. My God, you got to hold the line. Where's your victory? Where's the authority and dominion of God that ought to dwell in you? What lives in me is more than a conqueror. What lives in me is dominion and authority. And it's getting stronger every day. But all preachers are doing now. Every service is trying to encourage people to serve God. Why should I have to encourage you? I got to encourage you to serve God. You ain't got much of a relationship. I ain't got, I shouldn't have to encourage you to fight the devil. Why you want to fight some that's defeated? What I'm trying to get you to do is conquer your sorry flesh. Because your flesh is what trips you up. Your emotions and your fears and your doubts is what trips you up. Satan's defeated. I'm sorry Jesus destroyed him. Jesus destroyed him. 1 John 3 and 9 said, For this purpose was the Son of God manifest, that he might destroy the works of the devil. <laughs> Hebrews 2, 14 said that he might destroy him that had power of death, even the devil. He destroyed him. <laughs> Took the power of spiritual death out of his hands. I, are y'all listening to me? Came and destroyed his works. I, and then he turned around and said, Ye are conquerors. I, you're more than conquerors. I, and here every time we turn around, we're going through doubt. We're going through unbelief. We're going through the mully grubs. We're going through depression. I, my God, get yourself a single eye and get yourself a single mind. I, do you not know that a double-minded man I, is unstable in all his ways? I, get your eye single. I, get into singleness of heart. I, the Bible said when the Holy Ghost fell, I, they went from house to house, I, breaking bread, having great signs and wonders and miracles. I, and they were in singleness of heart. They had one mind, one accord. They had one spirit. They spoke the same thing, had the same mind, and the same judgment. There wasn't all this division. God's fixing to deal with this division. Hallelujah. Somebody said, I'm tired of churches fighting one another. I'm tired of preachers and churches fighting against each other. It's time for God's people to come together and labor together. 
I fired off a private message and said, all right, I'm ready. What you want to do? I ain't got the first answer. I ain't got the first answer. I'm ready for the churches to come together. Just this area. I said, okay. I said, I'm ready. I'll work with you. I'll labor with you. What you want to do? Still listening? Still listening? This word is fixing to tear down. This religion's got people mound. If I be a servant of the Lord, Kevin's fixing to come in. You hear me? No, ma'am. There ain't no hope so. He's coming in. As a servant of the Lord, I speak to you by the word of the Lord. God's fixing to bring him in. You know why? He got a target right there. And my laser beam of prayer doesn't focus on it. And I'm a tearing it up. I'm a tearing it up. I done told the Holy Ghost I don't know how many times. Go get him. Go get him. Heal that hurt. Heal that upsetness. Drive that doubt. Drive that defeat out. Drive them wounds in his spirit out. Bring him back in. He's called. He's chosen. Go get him. See, this is the day that God's going after the chosen. God's going after the chosen. I'm fixing to give you all a scripture. Hallelujah. And it's in 1 Peter 2. I'm fixing to give you all a scripture, and I ain't never heard anybody explain it. And I'm fixing to ask some folks. I said, I'm fixing to need some explaining on this. Well, when I put it out there for folks to explain it, I don't ever get many answers. They feel like I got them booby trapped or something. <laughs> Y'all with me? First Peter 2. You there? Anybody, everybody, nobody, somebody? All right. But ye are a chosen generation. You're not, huh? Nine. For ye are a chosen generation. You're a chosen age. The age has come for the elect and chosen of God to step forth. Are y'all with me? A royal priesthood unholy nation a peculiar people that word peculiar right there means purchased you are a purchased possession do you hear me you are a purchased people he has paid for you with his body and his blood and his spirit he has paid for you you are a peculiar people you are a purchased possession are y'all with me? That ye should show forth the praises of whom him who hath called ye out of darkness into his marvelous light. He gonna do what? You gonna do what? You gonna show forth his praises. Now, have y'all ever seen this scripture fulfilled? Have y'all ever seen this scripture fulfilled? Y'all ever seen a, a generation that God chosen and he made it a royal priesthood and he raised up a holy nation? Have y'all seen this fulfilled? Anybody seen this fulfilled? Well, if not now, when? 
If not now, when? We are moving into the end times. How many of y'all, and I know every one of you have, but how many of y'all have ever read all the tribulation that's in Matthew 24, 23 and 24? All y'all read everything's in Mark 13, Luke 21, 22. All the persecution, all the afflictions, all the troubles. Y'all read those? Somewhere over the years y'all read those? And you know what Jesus says? He said, all these things will not come to pass. All these things will come to pass in this generation. He ain't talking about his generation. He's talking about this generation. He's talking about this last generation, the end time. He said, all them things I'm speaking, he said, they ain't going to come to pass back there. They didn't come to pass in his day. They're going to come to pass in our generation. Are y'all with me? That's what the Lord spoke to me this morning. I put my head down on the pillow, and he said, he said, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. This generation ain't going to pass till all these things are written. Till all, oh, hallelujah. All right, come on. Let's just, let, uh, let's just go to Matthew 24. Somebody going to ask y'all what Brother Meta preached on today. And my God, I don't know, man. He's all over the Bible. <laughs> but that's all right. Y'all with me? Matthew 24 and 24. For there shall arise false Christs and false prophets, and shall do great signs and wonders, and insomuch that if it were apostle, they would deceive the very who? The very chosen of God. Many are called, but few are what? Ye are a what generation? Chosen. So this is what God's taught. This is what Jesus is talking about right here. You are the elect. You are the chosen seed of God. You are the chosen seed of God. There's, uh, there, there's things coming out right now that if people don't know the working of the Spirit of God, the very chosen of God, the very elect. He said, if I don't shorten the days, this force and power that's coming will try to deceive the very elect, the very chosen of God, the very chosen seed. Are y'all with me? Behold, I have told you before. Wherefore, if they say unto you, Behold, he is in the desert, go not forth. Behold, he is in the secret chamber. Believe it not, for his lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Now, I preached on this, and I told y'all, I took y'all back to Malachi, the third chapter, that says, Behold, I will send my messenger before my face. And he shall prepare the way of the Lord, even the Lord whom you seek, and the messenger of the covenant. He shall do what? Suddenly come to his temple. This ties in right here. That was not John the Baptist. Part of what was for John the Baptist was fulfilled. But he did not suddenly come to his temple. There was no messenger of the covenant preached or was there in John the Baptist's day. He said, even the messenger of the covenant whom ye seek. People are now seeking for the messenger of the covenant. He's fixing to, as the lightning shineth out of the east and goeth unto the west, he's fixing to suddenly come to his temple. Where? Right here. He's fixing to suddenly come. We've had the rain. We've had the former rain moderately. But he said, now I'm on a cause to come down for you, the rain, the former, and the latter in the first month. I knew and a new beginning. I, we're going into a fuller measure of God I, than any generation has ever walked into. I, as Paul said in Ephesians 1 and 10, I, for in the dispensation of the fullness of time, 
repentance. He's going to bring everything together in one in Christ. Hallelujah. In heaven and in earth, he's fixing to bring it all together. We're coming into the oneness with him. We're coming into the unity of the faith. We're coming into the knowledge of the Son of God and to a perfect man and to the knowledge and the statue of that man Christ Jesus where the fullness of God is going to dwell in us. Is anybody with us? This is the will of God for us. This is the will of God for this generation. What generation? The last generation. Are we going to see persecution? Yes. Are we going to see tribulation? Yes. But we also going to see the glory of God revealed in the fullness that ain't nothing going to come nigh you. Ain't no plague going to come nigh you and ain't nothing going to touch you. Why? He said, I'm going to give my angels charge over you. Lord spoke here. Said he would give his angels charge over us. Matter of fact, if I remember that prophecy, he said, I speak this day and give my angels a new charge. See, that's the reason I go back and listen to the word Lord, and then I listen to it, and then I listen to it, and then I listen to it, and then I re-listen to it, and then I listen to it again. I think between going home Wednesday or Tuesday evening and coming up, I think I've done listen to that prophecy five times again because I believe what God speaks. I believe what God, you know why? I put my life on it. I put what I believe on it. I know when God speaks to me. There are times I ain't real sure, and just like you ain't real sure, that God dealt with you about something when he does. You know that you know that you know that you know. There are times when the Spirit of God will put something in your spirit and you know it's God. And there are other times that you ain't that sure, but man, there's just sometimes you know. And when God speaks to me, I know that I know that I know that I know that I know. And I'll stake my life on it. I'll stake my life on it. When me and my wife first got married, she had a miscarriage. And the Lord had already showed it to me in a dream about an hour before it happened. I didn't only put my life on the Word of God. I put her life on it. I put the life of my oldest child on the Word of God when she was dying with a rare blood disease. He told me not to take her to the doctor and he'd heal her. I put her life on it. I believe when God speaks. Do you believe? Can you believe? You got to know that you know that God is with you. He said, they that do know their God shall do shall be strong and do exploits. He said in Hebrews 11 and 6, For without faith it is impossible to please him. For them that cometh to God must believe that he is. He's what? He's God. He's the creator. He's the almighty. He's the eternal. He's the beginning and the end. He's the first, the last, the alpha, the omega. He is the author and finisher of your faith. He's the bread of life, tree of life, water of life, river of life, and the way, the truth, and the life. He's my everything. He's my all. Hallelujah. He's the God of my salvation. He's my healer. He's my deliverer. He's my Holy Ghost baptizer. And he's fixing to baptize me in the fullness of the Almighty God. I am fixing to be an heir with God and a joint heir with Christ. Not Jesus, the Christ. What the Christ became, I'm fixing to become. For the love for the servant shall not be above his master, but he that is perfect shall be as his master. I'm fixing to be as him. I don't want you dependent. Somebody have to come in here. Now be encouraged, brother. (laughs) 
Get in here and try to be a cheerleader to encourage you. I'll run you off myself. If I got to do that to you every week. I want somebody's got some backbone. Somebody's got some fight. God put you all under this word because he saw something in you. God might have seen something in you I didn't see, but he saw something in you. God ain't through with you. You know he ain't through with you. There's something in you that God saw that he started when your mama founded this church all them years ago. There's something in us. There's a desire. There's a faith. There's a fight. There's a strength. There's a wisdom. Are you hearing me? There's something being perfected in the Spirit of God. Is it anything in us? No. It is through Him and by Him. For there is one faith, one Lord, one baptism, one God who is the Father of us all, above us all, through us all, and in us all. Are you hearing me? And He's trying to bring them people into the unity of the Spirit. He said right, right in there somewhere in Ephesians 4 where He talked about the one Lord, one faith, one baptism. I believe He went on and said, Strive. For the unity of the faith, you got to start the unity of the spirit. You got to strive for it. Has anybody got any fight? Do y'all want to see something happen? Then quit letting your mind go here and your mind go there and your labors go here and your labors go there. Don't just cast that okra seed out there. Get it in a row. Get it focused and fight for God to establish and settle something right here that the devil is afraid of. The reason division gets in churches. Uh, the devil knows if they stays focused, uh, stays together, stays on the word and stays in prayer. Uh, there's a church going to be birthed right here. Uh, the people going to drive down that road and yes. conviction's going to grab them. Then seen it. Come on, Brother Matter, you see a lot of things ain't come to pass. Yes, old Isaiah and Jeremiah and Joel and <laughs> David even prophesied things that hadn't come to pass yet. Are y'all hearing me? But see, I believe. And I'm willing to fight. I'm willing to sacrifice. Because I don't care. I don't care. We didn't get to prayer to what? 9.15 Monday night. She's Kathy got tied up at work. Justin got tied up. My wife couldn't get back up here. And I think we all got to church. Uh, they asked me, said, you, you care what time we pray? I said, I don't care. I'm here. I said, we'll play at 3 o'clock in the morning, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I said, I don't care. I'm here. Don't matter to me. Because Monday, two weeks ago, I was right here by myself on my knees. She, she was sick. He got tied up at work 8 or 9 o'clock. Y'all think I'm going to quit praying? You think I'm going to back off from the devil because nobody shows up? I ain't here for you to show up. I'm here to kick the devil out the door. You showing up, not showing up, ain't going to make no difference in the spirit of prayer falls on me. You hear me? Do I want you here? Yes. Do I need you here? Yes. Need the body to come together. Need the body to come together and labor together. Get focused on one thing. Get focused on getting this church established. Get focused on getting this kingdom revealed in us. Then we can wreak havoc after on the devil's kingdom and the devil's playground. Are y'all hearing me? Then we can wreak havoc on the devil. For this kingdom that I'm preaching is not in word alone, but it is in power. It is in dominion. It is in authority. Are y'all with me? Well, hallelujah. Y'all better get with me because I'm going on anyhow. 
All right, back to verse 28. Matthew 24. For wheresoever the carcass is, there will the eagles be gathered together. Immediately after the the tribulation of those days, shall the sun be turned to darkness, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heavens, and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. See, we're going through tribulation. We're going through tribulation. Lord told me the tribulation we're going through is the sufferings of Christ. And the sufferings of Christ is what's going to bring you to the sonship. You may, you may possess the ministry of the Son of Man in tribulation. You may possess what Jesus had during those tribulation days. You may possess a big portion of it. But after that tribulation, after that tribulation, Paul said, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Who is he talking about? He said, those of us that are remain. Those of us that remain after tribulation. Those of us that have remained through the persecution. Those of us that have stood the test. And God has spared us and God has kept us alive. He said, oh, y'all ain't going to die. Oh, y'all ain't going to sleep. Is anybody, y'all, y'all following me? Y'all following me? He said, we, we shall not all sleep. But we which are alive and remain... At the sound of the last trump. Do I need to turn over 1 Corinthians 15 and read it? We that, are, we that are alive and remain. After what? After the tribulation. At the sound of the last trump. For at the sound of the last trump, Revelations 10 said that the word of God should be finished. Are you hearing me? The word of God should be finished. That Christ in you, the hope of glory, you should be perfected. You should have Christ revealed in you. At the sound of that last trump, we which are alive and remain, this corruption's going to put on incorruption. This mortal's going to put on immortality. Are, are y'all following me? Not up there, down here. This is when we're going to put on the sunship. This is when ain't nothing going to be able to touch us. This is when ain't no plague going to be able to come nigh our dwelling. Are y'all hearing me? This is where you ain't going to fear the arrow that flies by day, you ain't going to fear destruction. Are you going to go through some things in tribulation? Yes, you are. But when you reach that place that you're going to reign with him and the ruling king of kings and the ruling lord of lords and the ruling king of glory steps down in here in his fullness, he's got authority over everything. Don't y'all crease your eyebrows and look at me like I don't know what I'm talking about. I know exactly what I'm talking about. I know exactly what I'm talking about. Somebody's fixing to come to the knowledge of the kingdom. Somebody's fixing to come. You know why? Every hindrance, everything that stood in God's path. Man, y'all talking about a bulldozer. I hear that thing cranking up. Ain't nothing standing in the way of what God wants to do. You hear me? He said, I'll make a way where there seems to be no way. When God parted the Red Sea, dried the ground up, children of Israel walked right down the middle of it. Wall of water on one side, wall of water on the other. I can just see the kids walk up and stick their hand in the water and play with it. But it had to stay there. And the very hand of God that delivered the children of Israel, when Pharaoh's army followed them, it destroyed them. 
See, God brought them through. God brought them through. And the Bible said they were baptized under Moses. Ha! <laughs> you think when Joshua got parted the river of Jordan for him, see, it only stood up on one side. You think they passed through the Red Sea and were baptized under Moses? You think they passed through Jordan they weren't baptized under Joshua? We fixed to be baptized under Christ. I ain't talking about this little thing folks call the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about we fixed to be baptized into his death. We, uh, I, tell me I'm not getting too deep for y'all. I've touched on all this and touched on all this and touched on all this. It's time to go into something deeper. My God, it's time to wake up and realize, well, glory, let me go on. Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of heaven shall be shaken. Can I read y'all something? <laughs> oh. Mm. Y'all might recognize where I am. Hallelujah. If you don't, I'll tell you. It shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit, and I shall wonders in the heavens above and the earth beneath blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord come, and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion, which is the church, and we are the church, and in Jerusalem, which is the same thing, shall be deliverance as the Lord has said, and also in the remnant or in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. Y'all see that? All right, over here in Matthew 24 and 29. It said, immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light. It says the same thing in Joel right at the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I told y'all uh, two months ago or three months ago that the book of Joel is not the former rain. It is the latter rain. It is the fullness of the Holy Ghost. It's the fullness of the Christ. When that sun's turned to darkness and that moon's turned to blood, Joel prophesied and said there's going to be a remnant. There's going to be a remnant. I'm going to pour my spirit out upon he said your sons and daughters going to prophesy I, I'm going to put my spirit on your young men they're going to see visions your old men going to dream dreams I, my God is anybody with me is anybody with me and it shall come to pass what afterward I, after what after the tribulation I, after the restoration after we gone through all this stuff I, well hallelujah I, my God somebody get with me I, I said somebody get with me I, somebody get with me I, I feel the wheel beginning to turn in the middle of the wheel. I, somebody get with me. I, you say, Brother Metter, that ain't what I was taught. I, well, let me ask you something. I, when they poured it out on the day of Pentecost, did the sun turn to darkness? I, did the moon turn to blood? No. I, when he poured it out on the day of Pentecost, did they see fire in the heavens above, wonders in the earth beneath? I, did they see blood and fire and vapor of smoke? I, no. I, that's the heavens. I, he said, when this happens, the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. Oh my God, somebody praising. Somebody get with me. Somebody believe. Somebody get out of this. Oh my God, quit being double-minded. I didn't give you enough scripture now to study for a month. 
Y'all go back and get, go back and get the word on the, the seven trumpets. All this will tie together. Go back and get the word I preached here on the seven trumpets. Every bit of it will tie together. All this on the Holy Ghost. All this on the, the sun turning to darkness and the moon turning to blood. I can take you back to Malachi. He said, just before the great and terrible day, of y'all realize we, we fix to enter into the great and terrible day of the Lord? We fix to enter into the judgment on the wicked? Right now, what God's doing is bringing His body together. He's bringing His body together. Everybody out there's cause of God ain't serving God. He's fixing to draw them in. He's going to give them their last opportunity to come in. If they don't come in, He's going to deal with them. God's fixing to deal with this rebellion. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you think you are, what you think you called to do. God said, I put the members of my body where I want them. I place them in my body according to my will. You don't choose yourself to a calling. You don't choose yourself to anointing. You don't lift yourself up and say, God's called me to this. No. God said, I place the members of the body according to where I want them. I didn't call myself to this. I didn't anoint myself to this. I didn't give me, I didn't in my own self give me this revelation. But this revelation lines up too many places. Line upon line, precept upon precept. Here a little, there a little. God's bringing it together. You know why? It's time for God's people to stand up and believe. It's time for somebody to fight the fight of faith and lay hold on eternal life. The church has preached that up there. Now you fight the good fight of faith down here and you possess eternal life down here. Down here. There's a whole lot of difference between just getting saved and possessing eternal life. <laughs> Woo! Talk to me, Holy Ghost. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Don't you love him? Back to Matthew 24 and verse 29. Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened. The moon shall not give her light and the stars shall fall from heaven. And the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. What did he say? There's going to be fire in the heavens above, wonders in the earth beneath. Going to be all kinds of things in the heavens. He said the stars, hallelujah, shall fall from heaven. My God over in Revelation, he saw a third part of the stars cast down to the earth. Come on, Brother Metter. <laughs> and then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in the heavens, or in heaven. And then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. We the clouds. We the clouds. Y'all hear me? Word cloud, in the original, word clouds refers to people. It refers to people. All them people that got resurrected when Jesus was on that cross and the the graves were opened. Y'all listening to me? The graves were opened and they stayed there till after his resurrection. When they did he come out and, and they went in and appeared to many. The bodies of the saints, they were resurrected. And then when he went up, they went up with him. That's the cloud he went up in. And the angel stood there and said, You men of Galilee, why stand you here gazing? 
Understand you? The cloud, the Bible said the cloud received him out of their side. In other words, he went up and missed them people and they went up with him. He said, This same Jesus as you seen go, he's gonna come again in the like manner. When he finally comes back, what's he coming with? Ten thousands of his saints. Ten thousands of his saints. Am I preaching something hard for y'all to understand? Then let's take hold of something. You are a chosen, this is a chosen age. This is the generation that God has chosen to bring His elect to the fullness. Somebody's got to declare, according to Isaiah 53, they've got to declare Jesus' generation. Oh, well, Brother Metter, there's only seven years of a generation. Who said? We mean there's only seven years of a Jesus' generation. I don't believe there's only seven years of the generation of the Son of Man. A generation's 30 to 40 years. I believe we fix and see the ministry of the Son of Man evolving the ministry of the Son of God. Some of us may be part of both of it. Man, wouldn't it be nice to be like Jesus and then not just to be as He was, but to be as He is. That's what the Lord asked me in 2006, Susie. He spoke to me about the power of the resurrected Christ. He was dealing with me on it. And see, I've always been taught that the sons of God ministry was being like Jesus was on this earth. But the Lord began to show me. He said, no, that's the ministry of the Son of Man. And then he asked me, he said, you won't be as I am. You won't be as I was. As he was, as he is, as he was. As he. I said, that's a no-brainer. <laughs> And then in 1 John 4, 17, he said we could be as he is in this world. Right now, as he is in this world, so are we. Something like that. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Yeah. 1 John 4, 17. And we keep letting the carnality, the flesh, the emotions, the aggravation, the vexation, the doubt, the unbelief that comes through the carnal man. It keeps getting the upper hand on our spirit, man. Not no more. Not no more. Not no more. Your chosen generation. Royal priesthood. Royal priesthood. A royal priesthood. Y'all believe Jesus was your high priest? Where did he perform his priestly duties at? Huh? He didn't perform nothing down here? No, no priestly duties down here. You know why? He didn't become a priest, the high priest, till after he was glorified. That's what the Word tells you. He didn't become the high priest till after he was glorified. Once he was glorified, ascended up. Walked right in behind that veil. Put his blood on the mercy seat. And possessed the fullness of God. And he, according to Hebrews 5, has been the forerunner and has made the way, which is a new and a living way. He has made that way in the Holy of Holies for me and you to come right behind him. Do I get excited? I got something to get excited about. Because I don't have to sing, I'll fly away. 
can sing, I've been changed. I've been newborn. All my life has been rearranged. The song goes something like that. I've been changed. I've been new, newborn. All of my life has been rearranged. Oh, what a difference it made when my Lord came and stayed. See, He's got to come and stay. When the Spirit of God come down on Jesus, it stayed. It stayed. We walked under the teaching and the assumption that the only time God's with us when that anointing comes on us. He's here. He just may not manifest himself like he does when the, the anointing comes on you, but he's here. He's here. He came state. Upon whom you see the Spirit descend and remain. That's the one. He's going to baptize you. Amen. Amen. If we get baptized with him, not like he was, but as he is. As he is. Y'all make me work way too hard for this. And he shall send his angels. That word angels means messengers. With a great sound of a trumpet. And they shall gather together his elect or his chosen. From the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. He's going to gather you together. And you're going to put on the fullness of the Christ. Hallelujah. This may not excite y'all, but this excites me. I've labored for this going in 46 years. I've labored for this. And God be my grace. God be my strength. God be my helper. I'm fixing to get my reward. I'm fixing to get my reward. Because I fought for it, Sister Pat. I fought for this. I've been criticized, condemned, lied on, had my name cast out as evil. People been told I was preaching false doctrine, that I was doing this and I was doing that. But the one thing about it, I just keep on preaching. And God just keeps on doing miracles. Keeps on saving souls. Keeps on delivering. Keeps on changing lives. Keeps on making a difference. Why? The only gospel that has ever delivered people is the gospel of the kingdom. You want people delivered? You want them set free? You want them healed? It's time to preach the gospel of the kingdom. And it ain't only time to preach it. It's time to possess. Just like Brother Michael preached when he come up here. That dominion. Having that dominion in your life makes a difference. Makes a difference. Amen? Makes a difference. I remember that I was praying one day. I was at Mom and Daddy's. This is back in 94. I was getting ready to go to India. It's January. And I was praying. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, if you'd write down some of the miracles that I've done through you, he said, it'd read like a chapter in the book of Acts. He said, but that's a pretty bold statement. My, wife, my mind went back. I believe it was 92. Had tents set up down in Twin City. Man come in one night. Never 
never seen him before, didn't know nothing about him. He brought two people with him. I'm going to find this video and I'm going to show y'all. I ministered to a man he brought with him. I'm talking about a leg like this, this much short. You can see it on the video. They focus the video camera in it. I started praying, the leg just grew. I seen it about four or five years ago, and I told them to make me a copy of it, and I've never seen it since. I prayed for a woman with a big gorder in her throat. When I told her to swallow, that thing just like that disappeared. Ministered to the man that brought these people. Turned out he was a pastor. When I got through, he said, can I say something? I led him. He said, I'm a pastor. These are my people. He said, everything this man just told me by the Spirit of God is true. And he said, I know that man. I know that woman. I've seen God heal them. He said, I'll be here every night. So I'll start bringing my people. So about three or four nights later, I was out behind the tent. He'd always pull in behind the tent. And I thought, I wonder who he's brought tonight. About that time, the passenger side door on the car opened up, and I seen a set of crutches come out. And I seen a man pull himself up on a set of crutches. So I walked over there, shook hands with him. I said, what happened to you? He said, 13 years ago, I shot my spine with a shotgun. He said, my spine's just barely hanging on. They said, if it ever snaps, I'll be totally paralyzed. He said, I live in pain all the time. He said, but I've been hearing about these miracles. He said, I come tonight to get my miracle. When I looked at him, the Lord said, if you will believe for what you think is unbelievable, I will do what man thinks is impossible. Every time I looked at that man during that service, God put that in my spirit. So he come up at the end of service. And I said, you in constant pain? He said, yeah. I said, I'm just going to pray for God to take your pain. The Lord already told me he's going to heal him. But I've seen people get scared if a divine miracle happens and lose their healing. I prayed for a lady in Scottsboro in 1980. She's blind in one eye ever since she's three years old. I told her, I said, I'm going to pray for you. God's going to heal you. You get scared, you're going to lose your miracle. I laid hands on her. Her sight came just like that. She started seeing. And I seen fear hit her. She screamed. Lost her miracle, and I couldn't get her to focus, get it back. So I said, I'm going to pray for you. Just for God to take your pain. The Lord told me, he said, he said, don't move too fast. He said, you'll get afraid. So when I put my hands on him, started praying for him, I felt like about 440 volts of electricity come down through me. Next thing I know, I was screaming at God to do a creative miracle in that spot. <laughs> When I got through, I looked at him. I said, well, how you feel? He said, pretty good. He said, that was different. <laughs> I said, well, check yourself. He said, you know, I ain't hurting. He moved around like this. I said, well, I'll tell you what. I said, just walk out there about four or five feet on your crutches. Walk out there, turn around, come back. He did. I said, how you feel? He said, man, that's good. There ain't no pain. Ain't no pain at all. He said, I ain't felt this good in years. I said, now, I want you to do something. He kind of cocked his head sideways and looked at me. I said, don't you give me one of your crutches? And he handed me one. I said, can you walk out there on one crutch? 
He said, yeah, and he walked out there a few feet, turned around, come back. I said, how's that feel? He said, man, that's good. I ain't got no pain. He said, I feel great. I said, now. He looked at me. I said, give me the other crutch. I said, I'm going to stand right here beside you. Just hold on to my right arm. He gave me his other crutch, and I said, now we're going to walk out here just a few feet. See how you do it. So we started, and he started off real stiff. We got about five, ten feet out through there, and all of a sudden the Holy Ghost hit that man. And he took off walking, fast walking. I just dropped his arm and let him go. He turned around, come back, throw them hands, started shouting and praising God. He left that tent that night, them crutches up over his head, magnifying the Lord. Those kind of miracles read like the book of Acts. And that was 92. Yes. 24 years ago. You hear me? 24 years ago. God was doing these kind of miracles. Inching us closer. Showing me this thing's coming. And while I was standing there in that driveway, I had my Bible propped up on hood of my van. I was going to preach that afternoon. Daddy had us... Small church in Rangeville, Alabama. Brother Jack Coe. Some of y'all know Brother Coe. He was a great faith preacher in the 50s. He walked down that bank, Sister Pat. He stood right beside me. I saw him. He'd appeared to me one other time back in 91. He walked right down that bank. Didn't say nothing to me. Buddy, I felt faith. Ooh, man, something went down my spirit. He just, he was gone. I preached that service that afternoon and they rolled a young lady down front of that church in a wheelchair. About every one of y'all here know Sister Gail Hague. Call her. It was her daughter. She's a senior in high school. I've known her since she this high. She'd had a wreck, flipped a little old Bronco, rolled it about four or five times. They took her to the hospital. They called me. I went in there and prayed for her. She busted her pelvic bone up. Sister Gail wasn't serving God. She's sitting there and I walked in. I looked at that young lady. I said, I'm going to pray the prayer of faith for you. You're going to be all right. So I prayed for her. Nothing happened. Not that you could see. It's about three weeks before they brought her to the church. They rolled her in the church out there in a wheelchair. Told her she'd going to have to stay in bed for six months. She'd miss her senior, last part of her senior year, wouldn't graduate. Couldn't go to school, couldn't be on her feet. So while I was receiving now from they rolled her down front. I just looked at her, I said, young lady, do you believe God? She said, brother matter. She said, I know God's real in your life and I do believe. Within two minutes, she's out of that wheelchair on her feet. All her pain was gone. That was on a Sunday. Followed morning, she went back to school. Finished her senior year, graduated with her class. Somewhere around March or April, she started having pain in her back. So she went back to doctors. Told her she's getting all these sharp, piercing pains in her back. They checked her and said, well, ain't nothing wrong with your skeleton. The doctor said, the screws we put in your pelvic bone have come out. Somehow, 
it worked herself out. I said, yeah, somehow I think God worked them out. She went in, they took all them screws out. I told them not to have surgery to start with. But they scared her. Told her she'd be bent over, be crooked, one leg be shorter than the other. God healed her. Then they went in there and took all them screws out. As far as I know, she's still healed today. That's Sister Gail, she'll tell you. If I don't read like a book of Acts, are y'all with me? And now the Lord told me, this is the generation. That all these things that we see in Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21 22, all these things are going to come to pass in this generation. Jesus said, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. He said in one place, he said, all the blood of all the prophets is going to be fulfilled in this generation. There's still prophets today. There's still prophets today. There's some going to give their lives for this. Some of y'all may give you life for this. But some of us are going to be the elect. Hallelujah. We're fixing to put on that Melchizedek priesthood. That's what I'm excited about. It's time the devil got a good slapping. <laughs> he already slapped the devil. When this Melchizedek, the power of an endless life, full dominion and authority over all God's creation, everything. Do you know the devil's part of God's creation? Yeah, that means you're going to have power over it. You're going to tell him, sit down and be still, be quiet, hush. Like Jesus told him, hold your peace. Come out of him. You got no business running your mouth telling folks who I am. Hush. You with me? He said they're going to be chosen generation, a royal priesthood. We ain't seen a priesthood in the order of Melchizedek. Y'all hear me? We ain't seen a priesthood in the order of Melchizedek. We ain't seen a holy nation. This is the generation that God has chosen to bring this to pass. Amen. This is the generation. All these scriptures are in your notes. This is God's chosen generation. This knowledge God is revealing to y'all, He wants you to do something with it. He don't want you to just read your notes. Leave here, boy, brother, man, I preached a good word today. Hallelujah. He's expecting you to possess this. I'm going to possess this. By the help, the mercy, and the grace of God, I will possess this kingdom. I will come in the ministry of the Son of Man. And then I will possess the kingdom and come in the ministry of the Son of God. Y'all ever just stop and think? Nobody. Nobody has ever possessed what God's fixing to give y'all. Nobody's ever ministered under the anointing of the resurrected Christ. Nobody. 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 Did I need to say it again? <laughs> Nobody's ever ministered under this anointing. Why? 
It's for our day. This is the latter rain. This is the latter rain. The glory of the latter house shall be what? Greater than that of the former. When they moved the Ark of the Covenant into the temple, the Spirit of God came down and consumed the offering like fire. Consumed it off the altar. Amen. And said the glory of God was so strong the priest couldn't even stay in the temple. He said that was the glory of the former house. What about the glory of the latter house? You got your focus beams out? Let's start focusing. All I'm asking you to do is come together and fight with me. You come together and fight with me and pray with me. Take this word. Apply it to your life. If God don't do what he said, I'll be the first to tell you I missed it. But I ain't going to miss it. Because I know when God speaks to me. I know when God speaks to me. Amen. I know when God speaks to me. He said, Brother Miller, you awful. I'm, I'm telling y'all, God's fixed to raise up a new ministry. He's fixing to raise up a new generation. I'm fixing to lead some new ministers, says Susie. I'm fixing to lead them in this kingdom. I feel it. I feel it working. People won't work together. I'll work with you. But I ain't getting involved in a bunch of religious junk. You want me to come preach for you? I'll come preach for you. You want to come preach for me? Better preach something, you come preach for me. After I left Fort Payne, Brother Michael had some in preachers come around there and ask him, Well, can I come preach revival for you? He just looked at some of them and said, uh, Do you know who my pastor is? Do you know what he's preached in his church for the last 15 years? Now, what is it you're going to preach? Because you go in there and start preaching baptism in Jesus' name. Said these people had that 12, 13 years ago. Said you go in there and preach baptism in the Holy Ghost and talking in tongues. He said they're going to set out on you and they're going to laugh you out of the pulpit. Said, so what is it you think you're going to preach if you come in here? I don't mind you coming. But God will have to tell me to let you come and let you preach to them. Because if you don't, you're going to have one of the roughest rides you've ever. When people really been preached to and they're hungry for the word, you can't preach a bunch of You can't give them a milk bottle. They used to eating steak. You can't give them a milk bottle. Amen. Do you love him? Y'all appreciate this word today. Let's raise our hands. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I thank you for this. I feel the working of this. I feel the spirit of this. I feel the mind of this. God, bring your people together in a unity of the spirit. God, in the unity of the faith, in one mind for one accord. Knit our hearts together in your love, Master. Put a fight and a strength in your people. Let your will be done. In Jesus' name. Amen. I've started calling the things that be not as though they were. Amen. God tells me something. I said, all right, God. I believe. And I'll start, I'll start speaking it. I'll start speaking it. I'll start speaking it. I'll start speaking it. 
Somebody was telling me their, their blood count was way out of whack, their white blood cells or something. I said, call things to be not as though they were. Brother Matter, I need you to believe God with me and so we can get these blood cells. I said, call things to be not as though they were. Start telling them they're normal. Start telling them the infirmity's been cursed. Start telling them they ain't got no choice but to come back in line with the way God created you. Tell them. Tell them blood cells. Tell them. Call the things that be not as though they were. Hallelujah. Because when you don't, doubt and unbelief get in. If you've got to call 50 people to pray for you, you're struggling in your faith. You're struggling in your faith. You might call one or two that you know you got confidence in really know how to pray. But you you got to call everybody. You're going to get people praying for you. Don't only believe God. They ain't got faith. Ain't going to do it. Focus. Take that one beam of light off that match and put it in front of a magnifying glass and let it become a laser. <laughs> Focus. Focus. Amen. Focus. I appreciate the Lord today. I need y'all to do what's right in the eyes of the Lord on the finances. You know, there comes a time you shouldn't have to exhort it to, to give. Just do it. Amen. That's why I told somebody, somebody always got to encourage you to serve the Lord. Somebody always got to lay hands on you, minister to you, stir you up. I ain't interested. Somewhere you got to grow up, become mature, make up your mind. Make up your mind. Because the thing about it is, if you don't do what's right, then God's going to deal with it. Y'all want God to deal with it. <laughs> come on, do what's right in the eyes of the Lord. Stand on your feet and come honor the Lord. I appreciate this service. I believe if y'all get these words and study them and listen to them, and God will do it for you. Yes. Hallelujah. Have faith in God. Amen. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Been cleaning a lot of stuff up the house, and I found a license plate somebody gave me years ago. I'm gonna see if I can get it on my car. I said God said it, I believe it. That settles it. <laughs> That's just the way I am. God said it, I believe it. God said it, I believe it. That's it. <laughs> Don't have to worry about it. Don't have to worry about it. God's making himself real. Amen. Has everybody obeyed the Lord today? Hallelujah. Now please guard yourself on your finances. Because this time of year, offerings drop 40 and 50%. I don't care who you are, where you go to church, the offerings will drop. And we don't need the offerings to drop. So be sure you guard yourself. And I know people like to spend, do things, and give, but you ain't going to make people happy with a gift. Preach Jesus to them. <laughs> That'll make them happy. 
glory. Everybody done what you need to do. Y'all, I'm fixing to pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I've enjoyed this service today. I have enjoyed this service today. Amen. I have truly enjoyed. Because I don't get into breaking bread a lot. But buddy, there was some bread broke today. Amen. There was some bread broke today. It's like I always say. If God be for you, it don't matter who's against you. <laughs> That's the way I look at it. God be for you, what does it matter who's against you? They can't lay anything to the charge of God's elect. Hallelujah. Go to prayer with me, will you? Father, we thank you. God, for this word, for the working of your spirit, for the moving of the Holy Ghost. God, let it be that the name of Jesus be honored, lifted up, glorified. Let this word find good ground. Let it find good ground, Lord. Lord, I remember Sister Sheila came and ministered in our 15th anniversary camp meeting. And she preached a word about the fig tree, Lord, where he, the man said, the gardener told the owner, he said, give me a year to dig about it and dung about it. Lord, you told her then when she began to preach that she was giving some people their last year. God, I know you're fixing to deal with things. Be merciful, Master. God, but help us get this kingdom settled, get it established, get it grounded. God, I want to see this church move forward. I don't want to be in the same place come April and May. God, I want to see this church grounded. You give me the wisdom, you give me the understanding, you give me the strength. We give you honor and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We'll have prayer tomorrow night. We're going to have it at 6, 6.30. I don't care. Okay. We're going to